Do I need to restart? <laughs> Should we just keep going? You guys can keep going. Okay. okay. Uh, so the minutes, I made a motion to approve the minutes from the September meeting. I'll second the motion. Thank you. The roll call vote to approve the minutes of the meeting on Monday, September 18th, 2023. Chair Cuevas? Yes. Member Bailey? Abstain. Member Mather? No. Member Ruby? Yes. Thank you. All right, let's go on to item number two, Brown Act training. Uh, should we have Assistant City Attorney Christopher De La Vega uh, here to give us some training on the Brown Act? Uh, sounds good. Is the microphone working? I think it's working. Uh, yes, as, uh, my name is Christopher De La Vega. I work in the city attorney's office. We're, I'm going to give you tonight um, a brief refresher on the Brown Act. My understanding is that you've had some background in this already. So this is sort of an update and a little bit of a, well, a refresher. Uh, next slide, please. So on the left side of the, of the uh, PowerPoint, you can see the, the code. All meetings shall be open in public and all persons shall be permitted to attend any meeting. Um, the Brown Act applies to a pretty broad cross-section of things to any legislative body uh, at a public meeting regarding items of business on an agenda. Uh, and there are a couple of exceptions for individual contacts, community meetings, conferences, social events, and things like that. Um, so any legislative body that does include the city council as well as all boards, commissions, and other bodies that a city might have. Um, and it does include any meeting at which the body hears, deliberates, deliberates or takes any action on anything within its jurisdiction. Um, next slide, please. One potential pitfall of the Brown Act is a so-called unintentional meeting or serial meeting. Um, serial meetings are a chain of communications and which could include uh, phone calls, letters, or emails, uh, emails or text messages for that matter, each of which involves by itself less than a quorum of a legislative body but which together involve a majority of the body's members. Uh, communications could be direct or through intermediaries, so if you have anybody who's working on your behalf, a communication they forward on your behalf in the scope of their duties could constitute uh, or could qualify as a communication for Brown Act purposes. Uh, and it can be as, as small as circulating a letter for signatures. It could also include virtual communications, again, emails, texts, et cetera. Um, it also, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it is also a concerted plan to engage in collective deliberation on public business through a series of letters or telephone calls passed from one member of the governing body to the next and excluding the public. Uh, there's a specific case law on that. Next slide, please. Um, one major point of, uh, to pay attention to, this is I think the, probably the biggest area where I think members need to be really cognizant of what they're doing is the virtual serial, serial meeting. I touched on that in the last slide, um, but digital communications and social media are, are a relatively new um, aspect of the Brown Act and the law has evolved on that. Um, I think the last, most recently, a couple of years ago, January of 2021. Um, so, digital, so digital communications and social media. The Brown, a Brown Act violation can occur with any social media communication with other officials on business related to the body's jurisdiction. Um, and if it's on social media, even if it's only between two members, not a quorum. So anytime you're posting on social media, you need to be very cognizant of whether somebody else on the same body 
has already done so. Because if you get two people and you're talking about something related to any matter within your jurisdiction, that's going to be a Brown Act violation. Um, it would not include, for example, posting general city information without um, offering an opinion. That's, that should be okay for the most part. Next slide, please. What is required under the Brown Act? Um, the Brown Act meetings must be noticed to the public. It's usually 72 hours ahead of time for uh, a general meeting, uh, but less for special or emergency meetings. There's a shortened uh, notice period. The meeting agenda must include everything listed on the slide. Uh, statement of time and date, brief description of the nature of each item to be heard, uh, notation for staff reports, etc. Um, and it must identify a product, project's California uh, Environmental Quality Act compliance, if applicable. Probably not likely in this context. Um, topics discussed at the meeting are limited to those items on the agenda, with limited exceptions for things like questions and public comments. The public frequently has an opportunity to speak on a slightly broader range of topics. Next slide, please. The rules on virtual participation have also evolved since uh, COVID. Um, pursuant to AB 2449, as it says up there. Uh, and this, this is a temporary thing. It, in theory, will sunset uh, in, in January, on January 1st of 2026. Uh, broadly speaking, under certain circumstances, just cause, such as an illness or official business travel or family caregiving issue, issues uh, or emergency circumstances uh, after approval by the board, and on a limited basis, a non-majority number of members of the Brown Act body may utilize virtual teleconferencing without publicly noticing their location and making that location uh, accessible to the public. Next slide, please. Oh, sorry, let me back up for one thing. I skipped an important part. Uh, if you're going to be appearing virtually, um, you must disclose anybody uh, who's in the room with you who is 18 years older and what their relationship is to you. And you still need a, to constitute a quorum, you still need a quorum that is in person. Otherwise, it's not a quorum. Okay, next slide, please. Uh, public comment. The public has the right to address the legislative body uh, concerning items of, quote, interest to the public within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city before action is taken by the body. Um, it is acceptable to have a speaker time limit. Uh, the law on that is slightly unclear, but there is case law uh, commenting that a three-minute limit for public members of the public is acceptable. Anything less than that is a little bit on shakier ground. There's no case law clearly explaining it. Obviously, if three minutes is acceptable, a longer time frame would also be. Um, generally speaking, uh, if there's somebody who is a non-English speaker who requires a translator, you are required to give them twice the number of minutes allocated for somebody who is an English speaker. Um, the body also has a, 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 the right to remove individuals for disruptive conduct after providing them with a fair warning. And they may clear the room if there has been a willful interruption by a group of people. So that might come up if you have like a large protest and they're disruptive. You could clear the room and continue the city's business uh, for however long you know, the meeting goes. Next slide, please. Um, the public may only be, oh, excuse me, for closed sessions, uh, there, there are a limited range of reasons to exclude the public. Um, they're listed up there, real property negotiations, labor negotiations, litigation, uh, safety in public of public buildings and facilities, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, these, these, limit, these limited uh, reasons for a closed session mostly apply to city council meetings. 
but that is something to keep in mind if for some reason something within your purview might fall broadly within one of these categories. Um, certain actions taken in closed sessions, such as the approval of labor negotiations or settlement of litigation, must be publicly reported after the closed session is completed. You probably all heard uh, the city attorney and Andrew Heckman do exactly that uh, when um, the public portion of a city council meeting occurs. That's a requirement. Uh, next slide, please. What are the possible ramifications of a Brown Act violation? Uh, enforcement actions. Uh, so in theory, there could be criminal prosecution. Uh, a Brown Act violation might be a misdemeanor, generally not a felony, if both the action is taken, at, action is taken in the meeting uh, an action in this context concludes uh, collective decision, commitment, promises by a majority of the body, rather than merely deliberating on a topic. Um, and the member intended to withhold the information from the public. This is a pretty common concept in criminal law. You usually can't punish somebody criminally for something that they didn't do on purpose. Um, so if it was an inadvertent violation, you're unlikely to see a criminal uh, penalty. Uh, generally speaking, this doesn't happen very often. It would probably take something fairly egregious to result in a criminal penalty. The far more common remedy is civil enforcement, which means somebody will sue the city or the board um, and request a court order to stop the violation uh, if it's an ongoing thing or avoid any action taken in violation of the Brown Act. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't think we need this part. Yeah, sorry, go ahead to the next slide, please. Uh, we have a slight, so this is actually not Brown Act related, since it's up there, we might as well go over it. Um, there are limitations on the roles and authority of commissioners within the city. So we go to the next slide, please. Uh, this is pursuant to our, our uh, city code. Um, it used to be the case that this rule, this set of rules only applied to the city council. They were broadened to uh, incorporate all other boards, I think a couple of years ago. Um, so pursuant to that section, uh, it's listed up there. Um, the individual members appointed by a commission cannot interfere with the duties and powers of the city manager, department head, or staff. Uh, additionally, they may not provide orders publicly or privately to the city manager, department head, or staff of the individual. If the individual member doesn't abide by this new section, it could result in the forfeiture of their office and removal by city council. That's, so that's generally speaking something to keep in mind if for whatever reason you are acting in uh, act, or you are interacting with city staff uh, in your capacity as a board member um, and something just to be cognizant of. Um, next slide, please. Uh, for your own per per uh, reference, uh, we, there's a commissioner's handbook that was created by the city clerk's office back in 2011. It's reviewed annually to determine if any updates are required. Uh, the last I checked, the current version is, includes 2021 updates. Uh, but the links inside of it are current through 2023. So if you have a question, that's probably a good resource for a, a first look for whatever the answer might be. And with that, next slide, please. Do you have any questions? I, I have one. Okay. So you're, you're saying something, there were rules special for commissioners. We're on, we are members of a committee. It's that, the same. Does, it, does that make us dot, dot, dot commissioners? Yeah, that was probably lazy phrasing on my part. Okay. It applies to commissions, boards, committees, what have you. Any, any deliberative body, um, you know, uh, dealing with city business. Okay. 
Anything else? No? All right. Well, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. <clears throat> Moving right along on to item number three, uh, measure of granting program, uh, continuing where we left off from the last meeting. Uh, here we uh, start with a recommendation to city council, which at our last meeting, I was directed to uh, draft a letter uh, to begin this new process uh, for this grant program. I don't know if you had some intro on it. Uh, sure. I just wanted to give you a quick um, synopsis of the vehicle by which once this letter is drafted and everybody agrees with it, how we would move forward. Um, and I first wanted to just give a quick outline of two things that the Measure O Committee might want to give to City Council. So the first would be a letter of support. Not what this is, but just for just so you have this information. Um, a letter of support, if the City Council is already considering some action, some item, and the Measure O Committee simply wants to voice their support for that, you can draft a letter much like you're doing. We can submit it to the city clerk. That can go into the supplemental packet that is presented to city council. What I'm hearing is that what you really want is to submit a letter of recommendation. This is a new initiative that you really want city council to consider and move forward with. Um, so that letter is going to have to go to city council through a staff report. Um, we could do that within finance, that is an option. It could be a standalone separate item that we bring to City Council by itself. Or, um, I, I know as part of the recommendation it is to align it with the budget process. So if you want to do that, we could include this as an attachment to our staff recommendation, sorry, our staff letter, um, staff report that we send to City Council as part of our budget workshop number one that normally happens in late January. So just wanted to give you a little bit of information there. That's it. Great. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a discussion uh, on those two uh, items and how we want to proceed. Uh, obviously, the letter that uh, you have before you, and actually, I don't know if you were able to get it, but I think we have extras. Uh, what I'm going to do first, before we even uh, start discussing it, just because, oh, thank you so much, um, is I'll give everyone a few minutes just to read it. It's a couple pages, uh, front and back, uh, on a draft, and we can discuss uh, just any initial thoughts, but before I sway you one way or the other on where this went, just kind of read it at face and see what you think. So I'll go ahead and give you guys a few minutes. So this hasn't been sent yet? You, this been, is no, just no, no. a draft? This is just a draft, yeah. We have to approve it ourselves to send it off. But, yeah. <clears throat>
right? Has everyone had enough time to look at it? Uh, before we uh, take committee comment, uh, obviously it's usual procedure to have public comment first. Uh, if our member of the public wants to speak now, no? All right, we'll move on to committee comments or questions or anything else. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you for drafting this, Marco. I think you nicely summarized the discussion from September. A question on um, the committee recommendation, item B, um, administer through Parks and Recreation. My understanding was it was a third party to be administered. So were we recommending that the third party not be the ones to administer? Yeah, so that was the Ventura County Community Foundation, the VCCF. So in the September meeting, I believe on the timeline, it was May of 2022 that uh, they backed out. They couldn't uh, do it. I don't know if it was the resources or what the reason behind it was, um, but they basically are unable to fulfill that. Uh, so what I came up with in speaking with uh, Emily Fox from Parks and Rec and understanding the other grant programs that the city has uh, through Parks and Rec, uh, we could probably more so align with the other ones that they have, such as the special events grant, the arts grant, like all these other ones that they run. So they have similar uh, things that they do. Got it. So the comment that we didn't have the resources to administer the program, would that still apply then? I mean, if if it is Parks and Recreation, my understanding was not having the resources, was not having the resources this third party, or was it resources within Parks and Recreation? For uh, why we were not moving forward with VCCF right. uh, did not have the resources okay. to move forward. Okay. And then, uh, sorry, <laughs> other question difference between D and E for the recommendations? I'm not sure what the point, what the difference is between D and E. Because it sounds like it's the same thing, but. Yeah, so with D, right, uh, there were two things and maybe they can be uh, combined in some way. I was trying, I guess, uh, one thing that we were like out of scope with out of, uh, in terms of the reason why it was like shot down from a legal perspective in the last meeting was that first we were not supposed to even have that ad hoc committee to make this uh, initiative, which is the first thing that we did uh, for the MOGP, uh, the Measure of Grant yeah. Program. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second thing was uh, to just send it to council as is, as like a line item that we recommended uh, without going through first them uh, bringing it back. So there's kind of like two steps in a way, us having the power to have a committee. Just because we have the power to have a committee doesn't mean we make anything come out of that for sure, for certain, but just having that uh, within our scope, affirm that scope, and then also affirm the scope that we don't need to necessarily make this letter first, uh, that we can just make the recommendation and then add it to the budget so that it kind of creates more efficiency, I think is where I was going with E, but if anyone has comments on, I, I figured we have comments on those uh, parts, but Excuse yeah. me just yes. a moment. If you could guys could just make sure you speak oh, into the microphone yeah. so that you record it. Thank you. And, and perhaps item E is a sub-bullet to D? Yeah. Versus a separate? Yeah, we can make that D1 or something. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. Related. It's, that's why it was just confusing. It looked like it was separate. Yeah. I would defer to, how, uh, since staff does a lot of recommendations, writing it up how you would think it'd be proper for council to see and vote on something like this. 
for D, uh, D is to affirm the scope of the Measure O committee to create an ad hoc committee for initiatives such as this program. I, I think that that bullet alone would probably require some, um, it, we would probably, when staff takes this to city council, we would probably want some feedback from the city attorney's office because that very explicit bullet is contradictory to the ordinance that's outlined. Um, uh, to affirm the scope of the Measure O Committee to make recommendations such as the grant program as part of the committee meetings, i.e. the chair makes the recommendation and council will prove in the budget process similar or other items brought forth. I'm, I'm nervous because I'm, con I'm concerned because I, I worry that that language creates future um, freedoms that aren't explicitly outlined um, in the Measure O committee's authority. So I think this kind of goes back to the September discussion and <clears throat> obviously we as a committee can uh, choose to keep it, take it out, modify it in some way. I think when I was writing this, I was trying to figure out a way uh, to resolve some of the issues that we had uh, back in September. And obviously there was a little bit of discussion and a lot of discussion on the actual uh, text of the ordinance itself. Um, but in this moving forward part, I guess looking at that last line, which is what struck down uh, the grant as it initially was, uh, the unless modified by the city council uh, by ordinance, the committee shall not have any function, power, or authority other than expressly provide adherence. So we have our power through the ordinance. So that unless modified part by city, I guess the recommendation is for city council to modify it so that we don't have to run through these uh, barriers again and make it more. So it's really up to city council to modify uh, our scope, um, but not giving them that option, I feel would be a disservice to the committee. So I, if the scope of the Measure O committee were to be changed, I'm pretty confident it would have to be done through ordinance. So we would, we would have to have an ordinance drafted. That being said, I think we have a little bit of an additional sticking point because the Measure O ordinance specifically outlines what the city council has the authority to give away when it comes to the Measure O committee. And it specifically says that the Measure O committee does, that the city council cannot increase any power function other than what was expressly provided herein without going to the voters. Mm. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that um, it's not just the sticking point of any changes to uh, the authorities given to boards, commissions, et cetera, needs to be changed by ordinance. It's that this particular ordinance limits you even further with a limitation of what needs to go to the voters. Got it, okay. Maybe D and E <clears throat> might need to be taken off, but if uh, other members would like I, to comment on that part. I, I have some significant feedback that's consistent with my opposition to, to this uh, program that I voiced the last time. And basically one of my points was that um, I thought that it was beyond the scope of the committee because I really feel that it is up to the um, paid staff of the city who are the experts 
in um, delivering services to the community. All right, that's what they're paid for. That's what they're trained for. And I think that this usurps the expertise of the staff. All right. Um, I think that when you take out a certain percent from this big pool that we have to allocate or to approve, okay, we're not allocating, we're approving, that it's diluting the pool. All right. We're saying, in essence, no, these aren't the most important things. We're going to take out how much, how much money is it? $100,000? Is that what it is? $106,000. Which in itself is a large amount of money, but in the whole frame of reference, it's a pittance, all right? And I think to say, to give Parks and Rec another job, it's another layer of bureaucracy that is going to take away from that $106,000. It's not like we're going to give $106,000 directly to the employees who, I'm making this up, are doing a gang intervention program that's going to save lives, okay? Saving lives, definitely within the scope. Or fixing potholes, all right? I think if you took a vote of the, the voters, they probably would have a lot of different target areas to improve on, all right? Um, I think that, that when you're looking at this, you have to realize that when you give a grant to a social service group, let's just say a, a worthy cause, they have overhead, okay? They're gonna take out 35% for, for for, just for benefits their benefits, their insurance, their workers' comp, their everything that goes on to what I call burden, all right? Salary burden. And then you're going to have them pay. So we're creating another, like, second party. You have a second party of the Parks and Rec that's got to do extra work. You have a third party that's delivering the service that has to charge you something for doing that service. As, in addition to the service that they're doing, all right? And I say this from 27 years of experience on, as being part of my job was being president of United Way in Santa Barbara. And for 12 years, I headed the fund distribution committee. And so I know what things cost, all right? And so I just feel that it's beyond the scope of what we're doing. We're, we're a body that says, that says to the city, and to the voters, it's a check and balance. Yes, you're delivering a service that you voted for, all right? And we're gonna make sure that, that the money is spent to that. And I think it would be contrary to the will of the voters to think that some of that money, even though it's only $106,000, is being diluted, all right? Um, I think it assumes that the staff, city staff doesn't know what the priorities are. And we do, okay? I, I think it's arrogant to think that five or six people that are sitting up here know more than the city does. That, that we know what has to be done, all right? And uh, that's one of the reasons why um, I am opposing um, even the submission of this and the 
the development of, of creating this, this other pool of monies. So, thank you. Trying to figure out how to, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I was trying to process that. Barb, if you want to go as. Um, comment that you weren't a committee member when this was initially presented and approved. So I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the details of the program and. I don't think I needed to know what idea was there to know that I, that I don't support it now. Okay, so the point is you don't support it now. Absolutely, 100%. But the committee unanimously supported it when it was presented. And perhaps if I had been a member then, I could have dissuaded them. And so we don't know what would have happened then. Yeah, I think some of the, I mean, your points are very uh, valid, especially with the bureaucracy standpoint, because I think we don't want to keep adding more layers uh, of red tape uh, as you laid out. That's perfectly valid. I think uh, trying to figure out the math uh, in all this, which a lot of it has yet to be done per se, in terms of uh, would this uh, create more headache and cause more government spending waste uh, than actually creating the efficiencies that I feel uh, as being a part of the subcommittee with uh, Barb and Jordana at the time, um, that we and the committee saw the value in, I don't think anyone wants to necessarily take away from uh, city staff and the department's uh, budget per se, but having this, like, as you say, a, a pittance uh, relative to the rest uh, of the budget gives the opportunity for community members to uh, have a voice and have a, well, I mean, I'll just read it here. This would establish a community granting program that would provide large grant awards to a variety of community partners that serve the city of Ventura. These partners would need to provide services and programs that are in line with measure of funding. So more partners that can provide uh, their perspectives, their resources to this, and actually to the point where you say it would go toward overhead. Actually, the rubric, if I remember correctly, and I'd really like to bring that back up into the record a little bit, dust it off a little bit, uh, it, it's supposed to be not toward those operational or uh, those overhead expenses. It's supposed to go toward the actual like doing of what they submit uh, to get the grant funding in the first place. And the idea of if they had a a match, like they put in, we put in half and they put in half and it extends that dollar, I think, to me, that felt like it was more efficient uh, and provided, I don't know, trying to piece together the words a bit, but I guess it's wherever I, I feel like for us as a committee to recommend dollars being spent from this, this program was one way to make it the most efficient use of taxpayer funds. I understand that perhaps there's more red tape, but even through that, I think the math might show that there's more efficiency if this is done uh, correctly. But I do understand your concerns with the program. I, I just, even if you say that an organization has a, a, a match, they're going to, they're going to, we fund a, a, a half of a person and they fund the other half. That other half of that person, whatever their salary is, you still have all the other things that go on it and you have their executive director that need, that's the way nonprofits have to operate. They have to cover their costs. And a cost is a cost no matter how much it is. Uh, that burden, that rate still stays. And so I, I, just, I just take issue with that with so, that statement. So yeah, let's talk about fixed costs versus variable costs for a second, right? If both nonprofits and government departments have these fixed costs and these overhead costs, uh, adding a variable cost, adding a variable 
revenue in a way such as this grant uh, probably is a marginal difference in terms of uh, what can be done at either level or the inefficiencies or the red tape uh, is probably negligible at that point. I think we're just going to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Pam, based on what you just explained, um, my understanding was from the September meeting, this is, we were asked to draft the letter recommendation, which Marco did. But it sounds like this isn't sufficient then to change the scope of the committee. It would not be sufficient to, to change the scope of the committee. For sure, the, the scope of the committee would not change. This would really be to put something on council's radar so that the city council can take the action and establish this new granting program. At the end of the day, this will fall within council's purview. So how would you recommend we modify this? Is it, is it someone we would work with um, on staff? Would we work with the attorney? Uh, in order to modify this to, to meet the objectives? So I, I think I might take a step back. Uh, whatever letter ends up being drafted out of this committee, if, it, if we do decide to move forward with it, there, we will also move forward with a, a staff recommendation. The staff's recommendation is really what council is is voting on. I, I'm fearful because I, I don't want to take the position where I, I tell you as a committee what to include and what not to include in your letter um, because I, I, I want it, I don't want to sanitize your thoughts or feelings on the subject, um, but staff's recommendation, staff will have a bunch of recommendations, but we would probably not recommend um, we couldn't, to the best of my knowledge, um, increasing Measure O authority without, at the very minimum, an ordinance change and likely a, a vote of the voters. Um, uh, da -da 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 -dum. We would have to, yeah, I think staff's recommendation would probably be to, um, we would probably not move forward. We would probably recommend that council receives a staff report that contains all of the um, experiences that we've had with other granting programs up until now, and then we would put a recommendation that says, um, please provide us additional um, advice on how to move forward, either approve or do not approve this new granting program. I'll make a suggestion. So about this letter, I, I think that if you, what you really want to do is exercise your right to make a recommendation to the budget, okay? State that in the letter. All of the history about the old program doesn't mean anything to us now. What we want right now is to write a letter to the city council asking to add to the budget this money for a granting program. Keep it, keep it that simple. You know, and I have to agree, you know, you said something about taking recommendations D&E out of this letter. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah, I just put it in there for, uh, you know, discussion and stuff like that since it came from the September meeting in terms of like we're uh, 
disappointed in like scope limitation stuff like that but we had the discussion uh, on that obviously we'll still have uh, a vote and more discussion right now but yeah that seems to be where we're heading if I'm sort of trying to jot some stuff down uh, in terms of yeah rewriting it from a more broad maybe it's not even I mean yes we are measure o, maybe we aren't even necessarily asking for a grant through measure o, if we're not trying to take funding away from measure o, I guess I would uh, ask back uh, do you support any of the other grant programs that the city has or any grant programs in general that might come about from the city like if we were to not necessarily ask this from a measure o budget perspective but from like an overall just like let's bring in some more community partners in the general idea of what this program uh, is meant to be what are your thoughts on that because there are uh, other grant programs well there are other grant programs and and so i think what, what in sense you're saying here is that those aren't adequate and that somehow this committee knows knows more than than no. those other this my opinion yeah. that's my opinion all right um i think and, you, i think you should look at the details of what the plan was and what the rubrics were and right i think it's it's probably best to state an opinion after you've been informed of what the plan was well, i'm just moving forward um so i just think that if the if the city has a granting program then uh then, then that is what it should be. I don't think that this committee should uh, create a new one. And frankly, I don't think that it is within, it is a lawful thing that, that we could do based upon this, what the ordinance says. Uh, so. But I like Greg's point, if, 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 to keep it simple and just to add it to the budget report, I mean that, to make it a simple, a simpler request, if but, that would suffice. But how would that be any different than what the city already has in place for making grants? How would this be different? Yeah, maybe beneficial <clears throat> for us as a committee. I don't know if that would be something like within our scope at a future meeting, especially if we're trying to make a recommendation on something to have more background on the other programs. See if we're already like overlapping with another program that might serve the same purpose. I didn't necessarily think there was per se from the general sense, especially if we were trying to meet measure O objectives, uh, which is general in any way. But if we're already, if there's already another program out there, then maybe we're just advocating support for that funding to stay or increase funding in another grant program that the city has. I mean, I'm definitely open to all uh, options, but I guess we do need a little bit more information from that uh, perspective. Uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, would it be safe to say that your request is that the city come back at another meeting uh, with an update of all of our existing programs and that this committee might be um, willing to consider, instead of having a brand new granting program, perhaps making a recommendation to expand an existing granting program using Measure O funds? Or any? Using Measure O funds or using city funds? Like just advocate. At this point, we're kind of playing the role of uh, advocacy, it seems like, if we're moving forward in that, which maybe we don't even need to do. But I think it, uh, given the uh, legwork that we've already put into this, even though it's like starting from scratch, but we do have some history. We're going based on uh, the initial 
what we did, just trying to understand what programs are already out there uh, for sure to see if it would benefit us to advocate for adding a new program as we uh, were, and we're trying to be, uh, for, I, I do understand the point in ter terms of uh, like seeing it as taking it away from uh, something else. But I think in the beginning when we came up with this, it was more like, you know, well-intentioned in trying to get uh, members involved. But I do appreciate your uh, dissenting opinion to see the f uh, like certain flaws in terms of what uh, the ramifications of doing that uh, might be. But I think going forward, trying to find a way to definitely work with city staff to come up with some sort of, I mean, right now we're at a, a difference of the, uh, my, my recommendation, proposed recommendation for committee recommendation versus staff recommendation. If we can align those two to come up with some sort of uh, joint thing, I think that would be more powerful to come to city council with something that we can all support, especially as we are sort of having this uh, disagreement right now. Okay, a couple of things. We, the Parks and Recreation Department does have a current program which contains almost all of the goals that you would be looking for in this program. This program would be duplicative of, a, uh, we have a program called a community granting program. Um, this suggested program would be duplicative of almost every goal they have in that program already. Um, to member Ruby's comments, um, this cannot be done more efficiently by any community partner that you bring into it. It's a duplicative effort from, from almost, for, from at least six different city departments where we're already programming and planning for future um, projects to use Measure O funding. You mentioned potholes a while ago. I'll throw sidewalks into that conversation. I'll throw, I'll throw roads into that com conversation, street resurfacing into that conversation. All of those are projects that are ongoing, being programmed into our CIP pro program for the next five years, all of it competing for this same pittance of $106,000. Can I um, also make, a, make a, a request that maybe we look back at what Measure O the specific items Measure O was intended for initially. There was a list, I believe, seven, five to seven items that, that the voters were voting for. This is where the money should be going. And within each of those items, are there grant programs um, already available that might we contribute to those programs using Measure O funds? Um, is there a granting program for, a, for the homeless? category? Is there a granting program for, I know, streets and, and potholes, and that's a huge uh, issue in the city right now, but um, policing and fire, and, and there's several different categories of Measure O. How many of those categories have access to some granting programs right now, and, and which ones don't? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. If I'm hearing you, I think the idea is right not to be duplicative, but if there is a say just for example a, a shortfall in one of those areas maybe we do need to probably be more targeted I would uh, support something like that if that's what you're uh, trying to get at but uh, would it be helpful I can I can read the current um, I can read from the ordinance what measure O's um, intent was um, really quickly uh, protecting local drinking water supplies and establishing water conservation programs maintaining and improving fire police and paramedic response times keeping all fire stations open, protecting local beaches, rivers, and coast waters from pollution, keeping our neighborhoods safe from gangs and drugs, effectively addressing the issue of homelessness, 
protecting and seismically repairing bridges, maintaining local streets, roads, and essential city services, and improving services for seniors, the disabled, and veterans. Um, but one thing that um, I did hear that just uh, makes me a little bit nervous, if we're talking about a community granting program for things like homelessness and public safety, um, in my mind, a granting program is money that's going out to an outside agency. Um, when it comes to topics like that, the vetting process for what those programs are and how that money is divvied out, I think would we'd really need to be diligent about what the scope is because the, those feel like um, areas where we're if we're giving money outside to for public safety like uh, keeping our neighborhoods safe from gangs and drugs if we're giving money to an outside agency to accomplish that mission I'd really want to know what that mission is because a lot of that is in-house within our public safety team right so if there's something that's already established a granting program that's already established that maybe has a shortfall or could use something that we could maybe recommend as part of this grant money we would recommend that maybe some of it go to them it's already established perhaps they need more help um, like that that's already vetted like we're not starting from square one to come up with some new plan we're looking to add to somebody's already established grant. I, I don't believe that any one of our existing granting programs um, address those issues specifically. Um, and, and we could come back at a later time and give you a little bit of history of our existing community granting programs um, and how they're going and uh, just some some background information on them and along with it what the intent of all of them was. Um, we could also um, maybe outline, put that next to the intent of what um, the Measure O granting program was, see where they align. I have a sneaking suspicion that they are very, very closely aligned. Um, maybe that would be helpful. Um, yeah. I would be in favor of that. Yeah. So am I hearing then that um, our action would be to request to come back at a later time to discuss our existing granting programs um, before determining how to move forward with this one? Just, yes, before we recommend, make a recommendation to city council. Just one more time. I wouldn't limit it to granting programs um, because of, of these initiatives that are listed in this. Um, ordinance, and these were also listed in, in the ballot initiative in 2016. Um, homelessness, for example, we already have a program that's close to $2 million annually funded from Measure O to address homelessness. Um, improving services for seniors, disabled, and veterans. Part of the community granting program is going to address a couple of those, but in addition to that, we already have programs in our departments that address seniors and veterans. Um, obviously, we're not gonna do anything with public safety. You're not gonna do anything better than Chief Schindler or Chief Ndiaye do. Um, so, you know, when we have this discussion, we can't just limit it to that community granting program. We have to consider the programs that we already have in place where our efforts gonna be duplicative. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I think this budget uh, cycle, I guess like every year, right? I, I really appreciated uh, this year earlier, we uh, still think it kind of goes together. Try not to get on another uh, agenda. I'm just using it as an example, right? The budget uh, and how we voted uh, in terms of like, does it meet uh, measure O and stuff and how you broke it down by uh, those different uh, categories uh, that the ordinance has. And so I guess it's at that point to look at everything, not just the grant, right? Looking at all uh, funding, be it does measure O, meet all of it, and is it adequately being met uh, combined with all other aspects of city, I guess is what I'm hearing. But for now, I think coming back with more information would probably help us uh, move forward a bit. So I guess at this point, uh, obviously continued discussion uh, on this, but in a way to move forward, uh, looking for a recommendation, be it on the letter itself <laughs> or <laughs> on uh, just like another way to move forward uh, for this that we can uh, support for sure. So if there's any motions out there, I'm open to hearing them. So the motion would be to move forward with understanding further grant, uh, additional grant programs? Or what, yeah, how did, how did you read program? it off? I think that, well, that sentence was... If yeah, I can just interject, don't we know where every single penny is going? We, we sat here and we had sheets and sheets of paper and slides. I'm dating myself with slides. Um, to know exactly how everything was going and what the categories were. I mean, I can tell you, I didn't even know about some of these drain issues and you know whatever. So, I, I think we already know where where all of the monies are going. We, programs. we know where measure. all we know where all the money's going currently yeah. and for the next five years. I, measure I, L, but grant programs are separate from Measure L. No, but that but that's we know true. where all the, we that's know true. where all the Measure O money is going exactly. currently. And yes, for the next I, five and I'm really comfortable with that, and you guys did a fantastic job about that, all right? So I feel really comfortable that the needs of the community are being met with what has been set forth this year and next year and all those rotating accruals and deferrals and, and, and all that. So, so that's where I am on this. So, so Ruby, what do you to, see as so, your value so, on, this, on this committee? What is our... What my, is value was, my value was to go over line by line what they presented to me and say, yes, I believe that the staff said that we need to fix this drain and we need to staff this fire department and we need to have the senior center uh, staffed, et cetera. So that's what I see as it is. I say that, yes, the people have trusted this committee with the fact that we have said, yes, these, these monies are going to something that you voted for, and I'm comfortable with that. As are we. So without making any recommendations to the city council or with the measure of funds, you're just here to say yes. No, I, made the, the no, I voted to recommend the, uh, the, the, the budget draft that the fiscal department and all of the people that sat here that other time, all the, the, the department heads said, these are the monies that we need. We're here. If you have any questions about any of these programs, we'll be more than happy to answer these for you. So I am satisfied that the will of the people is being met by virtue of the fact that every one of those dollars I know is going where it's supposed to go to meet the, the, what the ordinance said, say, like you just read off. But, but so. for clarification, was the $106,000 in this year's budget? 
No. It had been taken out. It wasn't in the 23-24 no, budget? No. No. So those monies have been committed, as we'll call it. Okay. That 100 is incorporated into each, the percentage of everybody's um, request, so to speak, budget request that each department had made. So, and, and so, Kathy, you were asking me, like, do I think, yeah, I think we're doing our job. I personally do, and I don't see that setting up a, an, a, another pro program to be duplicative of what people have already done is necessary, so. Thank you. The task that you described uh, relating it to your job is what it specifically says in the first part of that section of the ordinance with regard to reviewing the projected revenues and recommended expenditures for the funds generated and making recommendations to the city council as part of our budget process that's exactly what you were doing when you were looking at those finance reports I I struggled with that well the last part of that first part of the <laughs> so Obviously, we review projected, reven uh, projected revenues and recommended expenditures. That's, no one disagrees with that as part of our function, and we affirm that through the yeah, budget so process. Could you repeat that, Marco? Sorry. Just, just, I'm just reading from the ordinance about that we shall review the projected revenues and recommended expenditures, um, which we do. That is baseline what we do. But within that sentence as well, it says, and shall make their recommendations to the city council as part of the city's budget process. I guess. I keep emphasizing that part in terms of if we were to, like what exactly, what kind of recommendations, I guess I'd want an example of that because I think there's differing opinions in terms of that part of our scope. And I feel like this granting program, for, for one example of any, is an example of us recommending through this letter, uh, for example, how we can recommend to council other ways to utilize this fund. Yes, we are an oversight committee in terms of is the money being spent properly, but we do have personal opinions and opinions as a committee in terms of where we think uh, taxpayer dollars, uh, the citizen, uh, citizens, the electorate that voted on this, where the money can be better spent and recommend that to council as well. Otherwise, we're just here saying, yes, we agree with staff and we have no voice. That's where I'm struggling. Well, as, as part of the process, okay? So, again, we're going to come to you in May with the proposed budget, okay? The recommendation that this committee makes to the city council at that time is whether or not what is being proposed by the departments of this city for expenditure of Medicare funds is consistent with this ballot measure. That's the recommendation. So. I'll give you an example of, of, of that before any of you were members of this committee. So we did just that one year and there was an item on there on the proposed budget that the committee looked at and said that doesn't appear to be consistent with the objectives of this ordinance or the measure. We recommend that you take that off of the proposed budget before you take it to the city council for adoption. That's the kind of recommendations we make with regard to the projected expenditures and revenues. So you're saying we can only recommend to strike a line item from a proposed budget and we can't recommend adding any line items? I did not say that. No, I, what I said was 
the recommendations that we're making here or with regard to the proposed budget. It doesn't preclude you from adding something that is consistent with this ballot measure to the proposed budget as part of your recommendation. We're making a recommendation what? to add it. So what? I bring you a proposed budget and it's got all of these programs that we just talked about. It's, it's going to have $17 million worth of CIP spending, police, fire spending, spending for homelessness, spending for bridge maintenance, um, spending for sidewalks. It's going to have all that in there. You're going to review that proposed budget and you're going to make a recommendation to the city council whether or not that is consistent with these objectives. And at that time, if you feel like it, you can also recommend something that's not in that proposed budget, provided that it's consistent with these ballot measures and these objectives of this ordinance. Which I think is why Leo was questioning, why do we meet four times a year? Yeah. That's our only objective. So again, with this, if your letter just simply says, we would like to have a granting program, and when we recommend the budget or when we propose the budget, you can add that as a recommendation to that proposed budget. Or you can do it as Pam suggested during that first, that first um, budget workshop. Our staff report, regardless of what your letter says, our staff report is not going to be our recommendation for this program. Our staff report is going to say, receive the letter of recommendation from the Measure of Citizens Oversight Committee. And the second recommendation is going to be direct staff to act in accordance with the City Council's desires. Got it. Okay. So what are steps? <laughs> Probably a motion to redraft the letter, just asking for um, council to consider a recommendation of adding to the budget using Measure O funds some type of granting um, line item. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I would, at this point, not that I want to drag this out any longer than it already has been, but now I kind of want to hear more <laughs> information on the other programs before I, I mean, if I were to say just make a granting program, I mean, it may not even be something, I mean, it has to be aligned with Measure O for using Measure O funds, but if something's already duplicative as we've gone over now and trying to figure out, uh, how much more, yeah, like. Uh, so if, if we were to, if, before we move forward with a program, we would have to go to council and say, hey, here's a history of all of our existing programs and probably give them some history. Um, I, I'm fearful because I don't want to give, um, I don't want to give history that might be better provided by somebody in parks. Um, but I can say that not necessarily speaking about granting programs here at the City of Ventura, but broadly, some challenges that you will see with granting programs is, one, 
trying to find a way to ensure that you have a non-biased panel. If you want to give away money to an outside agency, you need to find a way to make sure that the people giving that money away don't have some vested interest in it. In a city the size of Ventura, sometimes that pre presents some challenges, which is why VCCF was such a great opportunity, because they took a little bit of the bias away. Um, another concern or thing that might come up with granting programs, and again, I am speaking very broadly, I do not want to I do not want to speak on behalf of any existing granting programs. I am merely just saying as a broad statement. Um, sometimes granting programs get a little bit tricky because if you give money out, um, in, ensuring that that money is spent exactly as it was outlined gets to be an administrative challenge. Let's say somebody wants to build, and now I'm saying this again, hypothetically, somebody wants to put a mural on a wall. And we give them $5,000 to put a mural on the wall. That's great. So we got our unbiased panel, we got through that hurdle, we gave them the money. Now, do we give them the money up front, or do we expect them to submit invoices for time, effort, whatever? That requires an additional level of tracking, management, maintenance, etc. If we give the money up front, then we have to have some mechanism by which to say, yes, we gave you the money, and now that project is done and it's completed. Let's say we get through that hurdle. Now we have a big, beautiful mural, and we're very excited about it. But now when it comes to maintenance of that mural, what happens if there's graffiti? Well, now it's not just as easy as throwing a standard white paint. Now we have a very intricate, very detailed mural that needs maintenance. So that will take time, effort, and energy away from our existing maintenance staff to go and do that. Again, I'm speaking very hypothetically. And so, great, now we have that. Or let's say it's planting trees. We have the initial upfront um, tree budget to plant some trees, um, but now they need to be watered. The first three years of a tree's life are in its infancy. That's when they're the most vulnerable. They need constant water. Someone has to do that. So it's not just the cost of the water. Somebody has to physically go out there and water it and maintain it. And then once they're, they're no longer juveniles, they're fully grown, now they need to be trimmed. Well, now that has to be part of our ongoing maintenance. So when it comes to some programs, it's important that we consider scope because it's not just the initial program. It's the long-term maintenance of that program. And <laughs> uh, when it comes to the maintenance, if, if we as a city say we value these things so much, we as a community want a mural or we want trees or we want these things, those are very real and very admirable and things that I, I think we can all agree are very important to our community. But if we think that they're a priority, maybe we should discuss them as part of the priority and get them into a maintenance plan. They become something that the city does, not something that we give to another agency or another person. Um, because once we give it out, it's no longer that person's, it's no longer their, it's no longer on their radar to maintain. That now becomes something that the city has to maintain. And now we would have to shift our priorities um, to maintain and address those things in the future. And I, I don't, um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to steer you in one direction um, or another, but I do want to just give you some feedback on some things that can happen with granting programs. That is not to say you should not do it. Um, and again, I do not want to take away this 
committee's ability to make recommendations if that's something that you're really passionate about, but it is something to consider. Yeah, I think this <laughs> it's hard doing good when it seems like, like you said, right? It's like it's well-intentioned at first, and then it's all the stuff that happens after, which uh, were the same concerns when we first uh, when we first started doing this a couple years ago, um, which is why I think it would really be beneficial, especially for uh, the newer members and even uh, refreshing myself, because it's been a while since I've seen the rubric <laughs> that Barb uh, and myself and Jordana uh, helped put together. That rubric, I think, probably should take away some of those concerns in the, like, where we wanted to funnel it to, like specific, like targeted points, and where if someone of an outside organization applied for this, uh, they'd have to meet certain criteria. I think reviewing that criteria in that sort of guideline that we basically made would probably be beneficial for us. At this point, uh, yeah, I could make a more broad letter, but even then, I think without those more specifics and understanding other grant programs, understand the need uh, to a more definitive point, I don't know if I have enough to really go and redraft this. I don't know if I necessarily support a motion at this meeting. Again, not that I want to drag out the bureaucracy of already a two and a half year process, but at this point, I think it's more directing staff to bring back more information before we proceed forward if this is something that we want to support as a committee. I agree. So that would be my motion, is for staff to bring back uh, any and all material, be it from other uh, grant programs that the city has, uh, seeing the ordinance itself and outlining, not, not to necessarily rehash what we already did in the budget meeting, but seeing where it's already being met uh, in the city, but as well as finding those guidelines that we made in the first place for the Measure O grant program that is uh, now obsolete despite that it was in the fiscal twenty uh, fiscal year 2023 uh, approval, wherever those funds are now. It's all beside the point at this point. We're moving forward. So uh, my motion is for more so that staff brings back more information before we proceed uh, forward with another letter uh, of support or recommendation for uh, council. I guess I would ask right now what, um, like a timeline of the budget, because I don't want to, like, obviously not drag it. I want to meet next, like, fiscal year that we can get this into the budget, assuming we were to proceed in some fashion with a recommendation that council is able to uh, see our recommendation and fit it in for next fiscal year. So I want to make sure we're still on track for that. I don't think that you'll have an issue there. Uh, we normally, throughout the budget process, have three budget workshops, a budget proposal, and a recommended budget, which becomes the adopted budget. We will propose the budget in April. So we'd probably really want to have the numbers for the proposed budget to stop moving around late March. Um, but we can make, if, if you didn't meet that deadline or you, you didn't quite get into that window, we could still put something in our third budget workshop and get it in before the recommended budget, if, if that is, we have a little bit of time. Okay, great. Appreciate that, because uh, that's really the deadline <laughs> that we're trying to meet here, if we don't necessarily have to have this letter right done now for City Council to see it at their uh, first budget meeting in January and stuff like that. So um, that's, that's good. I can live with that. So I'm trying to figure out how to reformulate this motion in a more concise way, basically for staff to bring back any and all information on this program that would help us move forward if that makes sense, unless someone wants to word it better. 
I think probably a motion to have staff come back with the current, um, any current granting programs that align closely with the Measure O um, guidelines and um, those, how they, how they, uh, any, any current ones that align with Measure O that are possible to make a recommendation to grant some money to and if they're in need of it so that we can feel good about our granting and have it be aligned with Measure O. So if in a future meeting you have an agenda item where your agenda item says you're going to review current existing grant programs in coordination with your decision to move forward <laughs> with a suggestion, we as staff liaison will provide support to that. Okay. But when you're saying direct me to come back, I don't know when I'm coming back. Okay. okay how would you like me to word that? When it bring back the well, I, I think for our for our review so that we can. I think what you need to decide right now is, in a future meeting, we want to have another discussion about this, and we're going to agendize a, a review of current grant programs. That way, we know that something's going to happen. I'm not going to go and start gathering information right now. If I know something's going to happen at a meeting, my job as staff liaison is to provide you to, for, with support for that meeting. So, yeah, the information will be there at your next meeting when you want to discuss this again, but you as a committee need to decide what you want to be on your agenda for the next meeting. So make the motion to agendize at a future meeting continued discussion on this grant and direct staff to bring back any information that would help lead us to a more definitive conclusion on this. Just say you're going to agendize this at a future meeting. Continue, okay, yeah, let's do that. continue yeah. item number we'll, three. We'll provide support future, without your direction. Meeting. If we're continuing it, do I need to? I, then, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to yeah. walk this in line where we all understand that you don't direct my activities, but my responsibility as liaison is okay. to provide you with stuff. Real thin line, okay? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, let's put this to a vote to see if we want to uh, basically just continue this. So uh, make a motion to agendize continued discussion on the Measure O granting program. All right. Work? Do, okay. do I have any seconds? I'll second. Okay. We're going to vote on agendizing, uh, having a continued discussion on the existing grant program. And should we just vote just on that? Yeah, it's vote. broad enough. It should encompass any information okay. we need for staff. Perfect. Chair Cuevas? Yes. Member Bailey? Yes. Member Mather? Yes. Member Ruby? No. All right. Moving on to item number four, move Measure O Citizens Oversight Committee <clears throat> chair and vice chair elections to May meeting to coincide with the fiscal year. The recommendation is pursuant to municipal code 
Each January, a commission board or committee shall annually organize and elect a chairperson and vice chairperson from its membership for a one-year term. Staff recommends that the elections remain in accordance with the municipal code. Do we have any public speakers on this item? Nope. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> Staff. You read that perfectly. Um, so this this came out of, um, there was a conversation at one prior meeting where we talked about maybe we want to consider realigning the chair and vice chair elections to align with the fiscal year. And my, uh, my, my marching orders were to go and do some research and find out the feasibility of that just to give you some options. I did dig through the municipal code. Um, it is found in chapter two, um, 2.410, 2.410240. That's um, exactly what you just read. Um, in January, a commission board or committee shall annually organize and elect a chairperson and vice chairperson from its membership for a one-year term. Um, and because of that, it changes, if you were to make that change, you would have to do it through ordinance. Um, so the committee would have to send an item to city council requesting that staff bring back an ordinance change for council's approval. So the short answer is yes, it can be done, um, but staff's recommendation would be that you align it with the code and leave as is. I'm not sure if that juice is worth the squeeze, uh, but I will again leave that to, to the committee. Um, but otherwise we would leave it with the uh, elections in January or the first meeting of the year. Otherwise it would have to be done through ordinance change. Pretty straightforward. We're just learning all sorts of ways on how we were not in compliance with doing things. Because <laughs> since I started, it was in November for a couple of years, and then February this year, and it was like, all right. So yeah, let's make sure we get all also, our ducks in a row. It also broke down to um, meetings not happening at the right time in previous. Lack of quorum. Yeah, lack of quorum. So the meetings were delayed. So the it got all thrown off. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I had on that. Yeah, oh, well, I guess, we do have to make a, like, approve that, or just not even, like, it can just, I don't know if we need to vote on that, right? Um, yeah, I don't know if you need to vote on it. Um, staff recommends that the elections remain in accordance with the municipal code, unless anybody, does, is there any motion to not move forward with that recommend? Does anyone want to go down that path? Uh, January seems all right. Makes sense if we're aligning with other uh, committees. Well, that assumes we also meet uh, in January. Typically, we've yeah. never met in January. I don't know if this would be, since we didn't agendize discussing uh, future meeting dates, which at some point we need to figure out, because now we have no more scheduled meetings after this. So I don't know if that can kind of fall under that in a way. But Well, I do. Um, when we get to communications, uh, we might touch on that a little bit. Um, it is January or the first um, meeting of the year. So if you were to continue with how it's been done historically, which was um, a meeting in March, or my gosh, sorry, a meeting in February and then May, August, and November, it would be totally appropriate for it would just to, to take place, the elections to take place at your February meeting. That would not be a problem. January or your first meeting of the year. Um, but we probably do want to talk about um, some communications that we have regarding um, council changers. Do you want 
Yeah. Um, okay. There's nothing more on that item and no vote required. Then we can move on to yeah, measure oversight committee and staff communications. You want to take that away or would you like me to? You can. Uh, so we had a tentative schedule um, a while back. Um, and as you may or may not know, City Council has changed the meeting date beginning January of 2024 to now be meeting on Tuesdays. That conflicts with our current timeline um, because Measure O usually meets on Tuesdays. So now we will probably need to move this meeting. Uh, we do have some limitations specifically related to the room. This room is in high demand and it happens to be one of the only rooms that's capable of broadcasting. So. We were kind of in a little bit of a, of a crunch. So we have some recommended times. Um, Jan, or January, Mondays tend to work for this room. It is really our best option. Um, so we have some potential tentative dates, uh, moving it to February 5th, May 6th, August 5th, and November 4th. But I do remember that we had said at a prior meeting that you will want to discuss the special audit. So, oh my gosh, the special audit. <laughs> the single audit, goodness gracious. Um, the audit will come out uh, and should be available in late January. If I remember correctly, this committee would like to meet when that, around the time that that is available. Um, and if that's the case, do we want to call a special meeting in January to make that happen? And at that time, would we want to elect a chair and vice chair so long as we agendize it and say we are electing a chair and vice chair in January at a special meeting? What was the February date? I believe we have February 5th. Essentially, it's the following week. Yeah, I say we just keep the February date. I'm fine with that. I think. I don't know how much we're able to, I mean, it's meeting dates, I guess we can, because we need to schedule uh, the next one. Um, I think we're trying to basically just make sure we had our audit review, obviously like it's a short window in a way, but trying to make sure we did it before council so that we can go to council, a representative can go to council at that same time. So trying to thread that needle, I guess is the idea here. Yes. Yeah, I think that that is, um, that was the primary driver for a January meeting. Um, and maybe moving forward, we take a look at how we've historically scheduled Measure O. I'm not quite sure how we arrived at February, May, August, and November, uh, or if that's really where you want to go move it. Because if, if the two largest responsibilities of Measure O are to review the proposed budget and to present the audit, neither of those fit in this timeline. <laughs> The May date does. Well, we'd propose a budget in April. We'll propose the budget to the city council, and then they'll have the opportunity to review the proposed budget after that. Yes, assuming. The May, the May date works for the proposed budget. Assuming we do it in late April, yeah. Yes. We have a charter report on it. Well, it has to be done by, yes, it has to be done by <laughs> May 1. The budget will be proposed by, by May. Yes, it will. <laughs> it absolutely will. Um, and then with regard to the audit, um, you know, I, uh, you know, it, I, I can't predict when the auditors are going to say, we're done, here's your reports. We are on a case this year 
that is much better than last year, there's a possibility that our audit could be complete by the end of December. Um, and, and so if it's complete by the end of December, uh, then um, uh, I would probably present the audit to the city council along with our annual comprehensive financial report. Um, at the, the most um, opportune time after the audit is published. So if it were published in the first week of January, I'd be looking at that city council schedule and you know, I'd be looking at the middle of January or end of January to present that audit. Yeah, I think they're the 9th and the 23rd. So the 23rd seemed to probably be when I was looking at I'm like, oh, that's probably when the audit's going to be done if I'm thinking about how we were discussing uh, previously when we might want to meet. So I don't know if the week before <laughs> would work, but. So we could um, if we wanted to tentatively schedule a special meeting for, say, January 29, um, and then assuming that audit is available, we get in there to, um, to get it to measure O, we could always cancel the February date if we wanted to say that our February date is our regularly scheduled meeting, but we will not need that if we are able to do January 29th. Yeah, if we don't need to schedule anything right now, I mean, if the committee would like to put something on the calendar now, we can. Otherwise, I feel like we need more information <laughs> before proceeding forward with some sort of uh, special meeting. And then at that special meeting, hopefully we can get a full year's worth to approve and put on our calendar at that point. But right now, obviously, there's nothing we can uh, vote on. I think it's just a matter of working with staff to come up with the best next meeting date. Don't know what the rest of the committee feels about that. Thoughts? The 29th seems workable to me. And I'm wondering if uh, we should put a hold on the room because the, the, my biggest concern is the room availability. Um, this room really is in high demand and I really don't want you to, um, it would be awful if we, we can't find room availability. So I would love if we could kind of get a rough idea so that we could just pencil it in. If it doesn't happen and we don't end up having a special meeting, that's totally fine, no big deal. Um, but if we needed it and couldn't get a room, I wouldn't want to leave you without that option. In that, to that end, I have reserved the room for the 29th because that's my job. <laughs> um, and we can also keep the date for the 5th of February if the dates don't work out and we need to have that flexibility. I have the room reserved for both dates. Ooh. So maybe the best idea is that I go and tomorrow send out a tentative meeting request to all of you, make sure we have a quorum, and then we can decide what the agenda would be on the 29th. That sounds great. Okay. Thanks, Carla. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being proactive. That was all right. Yeah. I guess that's all for that. Uh, let's adjourn the meeting at 6.58. Thank you, everyone. Can I just ask oh, um, yes. for clarification the items that were attached, the resource items for the public? Oh. What, what were those for? I mean, we didn't review them or discuss them. Just wondered why they were included on the agenda. Are they, oh, the, at the bottom of the agenda? Yeah. These are provided on every agenda by the city clerk's office now. 
Oh, so they're just they're the meeting protocols, the council goals, the budget principles, and the city charter, oh, okay. so that you can see how those things impact events at a meeting. Good. So we we were it wasn't planned to review any of them. No, it's just there for your for our information. Good. Great. Thank you. On that note, I'm going to go turn off the recording. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Carolyn. Remember, the mics are still on unless you want to turn them off while I run upstairs. Hot mic, we're still hot mic.